Now Barbie talks, and so does her new friend, Stacy. She comes from England. Mattel's new Talking Stacy. I think miniskirts are smashing. And Talking Barbie. What shall I wear to the prom? Want to talk to you. Would you like to go shopping? Would you like to go shopping? Would you like to go shopping? For Young Stoners, the podcast where cannabis is a gateway drug to classic cinema. In 1959, the Mattel Toy Company took a German prostitute doll and repackaged her as Barbie, the symbol of American maidenhood and virtue. After making it into the new world, Barbie left her tawdry past behind and inspired young girls by taking on several careers. She was a fashion model, a doctor, an astronaut, and even CEO, depending on which outfit you begged your parents to buy for her. And now she's in her own summer blockbuster from Oscar-nominated director and screenwriter Greta Gerwig. So to prepare you for the pink explosion that's about to hit your local multiplex, we're pairing pot with a couple of kooky beach party movies that influenced Barbie's move to Malibu. First, we've got Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello getting pumped up in Muscle Beach Party, the second of the wildly successful beach party movies from American International Pictures in the 60s. And then 20 years later, Frankie and Annette return and go back to the beach in 1987 to show all these surf punks that the big kahuna may be all wet, but he isn't washed up. The sun is finally shining here in California, so we're going to catch some waves in Malibu after we make it through four hours of Pacific Coast Highway traffic, all right here on Old Movies for Young Stoners. And we're back on Old Movies for Young Stoners, the podcast that pairs pot with cult and classic movies to enhance your trip through cinema history. I'm Bob Calhoun, author of The Murders That Made Us, a true crime history of San Francisco, and joining me today, he's your guide on the Hollywood Punk Rock Graveyard Tour, look it up on Instagram, he's also our resident bud tender, let's welcome Corey Sklar. Cowabunga, dudes. And she's an actor, voiceover artist, and fashionista, Felina Franklin. I don't appreciate the slander in the script. Um, <laughs> honestly, this is kind of offensive and I would like to raise, uh, raise my rate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, does this count as writing Felina? You just, you just went off the script and <laughs> I don't know the WGA, uh, the script said reads exactly what I've written, even though she's been through years of improv classes, by the way, folks, that's what, <laughs> that's what the script says. That's the slander. Uh, 
Okay, and her dad, the person responsible for all this, and co-founder of Six Point Artist Studios and the animation director of Tignataro Drawn, now streaming on Max. It's not HBO, it's just Max. He is Greg Franklin. Hey, what's up, Podads and Moon Doggies? <laughs> okay, uh, they, you know it's inspired this this episode and the selection of films has inspired a lot of Stark here today. Felina, you know it's a very gender normative episode as we head into Barbie, which is very gender normative. Uh, oh, yeah. Felina, uh, did you have Barbie dolls when you were a child? I had lots of Barbies. I loved Barbies. I grew up with many Barbies. I always cut their hair. Um, I would always cut their hair down to like the root because I would be like, oh, whatever. It'll grow back. It never grew back. Um, I also had all of the Barbie movies and I and I actually I have them now. I have all of the Barbie movies. There, There's Barbie movies. Yeah, there's Barbie. Um, oh, we should have watched Princess those. and the Popper. There's uh, Rapunzel, Barbie as Rapunzel. There's Barbie as a mermaid. There are way, honestly, way too many Barbie movies out there. And I have them all. Well, there was, it was, it was CGI, right? Like CGI? Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. yeah. Direct to video. Uh, yeah. yeah. For most of my childhood, Barbie and G.I. Joe got to exist really on their own for decades. Without- and He-Man. Yeah. He-Man was especially was a... Uh, a toy first. Yeah, the cartoon followed the toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Barbie, I mean, from the 50s on and G.I. Joe from like the 60s mm-hmm. on, like they they have little storylines in the box. Like there might be a comic book or something that came, at least in G.I. Joe that came in the box that explained what the backstory was of this action figure or doll. They're all dolls. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Barbie just got <laughs> to be her own thing. And th- maybe the only thing that informed kids of my generation were the commercials for the toy on TV. That was the bar. That was it. That was the Barbie movie was uh, Jan from the Brady Bunch and Cindy playing with Barbie on a beach somewhere. And yeah, yeah, that's lots of all the Brady girls were in Barbie commercials, by the way, they, Mm. they made some sweet coin, uh, (laughs) you know, like, look, it's Malibu Barbie, you know, Marsha says, you know, it's, uh, oh, to be in a Barbie commercial in the 70s or 80s <laughs> or 60s. I don't know. Yeah, there was Barbie and the Rockers in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, that was the first kind that's of. That's awesome. That's the first Barbie <laughs> cartoon where she's in like a hair, a girl hair, hair metal band for a while. Yeah, they were. Uh, that was a ripoff of Gem, which was a ripoff of Barbie. You know, it's all very. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Worm eating its own tail kind of thing. Well, yeah, because uh, the Bar- the Mattel people, they had uh, industrial espionage spies at Hasbro that realized Jen was going to happen. So they just slammed out uh, Barbie and the Rockers like, oh, they're ripping us off. We're going to rip off them ripping us off before they rip us off because Mattel was that they they had a crack team of spies, I guess. So that makes sense. If you watch the the Toys That Made Us documentary on Netflix about Barbie, which I did in prep for the show, the the woman who ran the Barbie division at that time, uh, she talks about Bratz and she goes, if we were still in charge when Bratz happened, Bratz wouldn't have happened. You know, she's like, mm. oh, uh-huh. oh yeah. <laughs> we would have we oh, would have yeah. we would have tarted Barbie up and shut that shit down if we were still <laughs> running the show. They had beef. I know Barbie and Bratz always had beef. Oh, yeah. Well, Bratz is like Barbie directed by Harmony Corinne. 
you know, it's <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Bratz didn't do a better job of being uh, multicultural and multi-ethnic than Barbie did. Mm-hmm. Barbie, like the black Barbie. What is, what is the black Barbie's name? Mm-hmm. I forget. She always just seemed like an add on. Yeah. So that was a weakness of theirs is that uh, Rosie, she talks about being, you know, she's Latina and with black hair and that um, in the 70s, Cher had a line of dolls from Mego. And everybody who wasn't blonde and blue eyed mm. was really into share for a while because that was the only thing with their olive skin and, and black hair that felt representative to them. So every mm-hmm. all the girls, all the non-white or non-blonde girls were really into share. I'm just thinking if they made a if they tried to Greta Gerwig up a brat, like they, if they tried to get like oh, a, pres- yeah. a, a prestige director to do a Bratz movie, it would be like. Mi Vida Loca or Boys in the Hood or something like that. You know what I mean? It wouldn't mm, be like... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Or they should make a Little Homies movie. Oh, they know? should make a Little Homies movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right? Cheech should play a dad. Yeah, I'm seeing it now. He's the grandpa by this point. <laughs> yeah, I guess who right. Who would be the dad? Like Benjamin Bratt? He's he's doing the voice in... Denny Trejo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Edward James almost is grandpa. <laughs> It's kind of sad that we could only cast the older crowd, but I mean, it is old movies for young stoners, but I mean, let's predict now though, is, is this, I mean, we're getting it harder in, in SoCal because mm-hmm. Los Angeles is just where they bombard us with advertisements, Bob, but mm-hmm. are, are you getting bombarded with ads and, and Barbie campaigns up there? I mean, I'm getting Barbied out. I'll tell you what, it's just everywhere. I'm bar- being bombarded with Bob, Barbie, Barbie, Barbie same no really the only place i'm seeing barbie ads is you know i watch sports so the weird crossover ads like progressive insurance in barbie and it's like well who is this ad for like oh Oh, that'd be great i need to insure my fucking house so i'm gonna like (laughs) my dream house my dream house has got to be insured (laughs) (laughs) the dream house is insured by progressive by the way so but yeah we're we're kind of free of it you know it's up here it's all like the tech industry stuff that that we're bombarded with you know crypto you know like and for a while when i walk up and down market street there were pictures of sam bankman freed at every corner oh my god like he was stalin or something Oh, like man. like it was just pictures of him like he was Mao or Stalin or somebody like he was the dictator of San Francisco. So crypto was real. I mean, I guess they bought a Staples Center. So it's now crypto Coliseum or whatever. Yeah. So, so you're getting some of that down there, too, because there's just too much stupid money. But mostly Barbie, though, it's yeah. more Barbie than crypto. <laughs> So. No one's gonna see anything. No one's gonna go to any of these movies. That's what. I, that's what I'm like. No one goes. The people didn't go see freaking Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? No one's. Well, going to the that's movie because movie. all the white people are Nazis now. I'm convinced that that's <laughs> part of it. I I saw it and I I enjoyed it. But you're the only you're the only person I know that liked this movie. By the way, Bob, did you know that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like Ajax doesn't like it and stuff, but no, nobody likes this movie. No, You're the no. only one. But I, I'm happy that you enjoyed it because I want you to enjoy things. I, you know, <laughs> usually I'm dour. You know, the thing is, is I think like people slightly younger than me like the Indiana Jones sequels, but That's I don't right. really right. like. I don't like Temple of Doom that much, and I don't like right. Last Crusade. I mean, I'll watch them if they're on. Like, I do find myself like, oh, I'm in the hotel with the terrible hotel cable and that's on TNT or whatever. 
I'll watch yeah. it and I'll be pleasantly amused enough by them, but I don't think they're that they're really good movies. You know who else didn't like Temple of Doom? Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Harrison Ford, everyone involved. No one liked Temple of Doom. <laughs> one one thing while we're on the subject of Indiana Jones is Spielberg wanted to make a James Bond movie. And the broccoli said, why do you want to do this? You're too good for this. There's a formula to a James Bond movie. And, yeah. and we don't really need somebody of your talent to do these things to make a Roger Moore, James Bond movie. So right. he, him and Lucas and uh, Philip Kaufman, they created Indiana Jones and they were trying to create James Bond, but with Marion, what they ended up really creating was Lois and Clark. And they didn't mm-hmm. realize it. And they kept on having Indiana Jones have different chicks. And I think that really brought down the series, that it's really Indian Marion. Yeah. And that would have, there was chemistry there. That's it's true. like the thin man. But then, spe- that, then Steven, Steven would have never met his wife if they didn't do that, though. You know what I mean? Sorry, go on, Greg. Well, well, is 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 not the Temple of Doom a prequel? Technically, it is. It is. That's true. It had, it takes place a year before Raiders. Even at yeah. fourteen, though, I was disappointed it didn't have Belloc in it because even in my mind back then, the only reason mm-hmm. to do a prequel was to bring back the cool villain that that's face melted from uh, the Old Testament Tote. God. That's all I remember, honestly, from any Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. That's all I remember is that guy's face getting melted and me going like, oh, all right. All right. Back to Barbie. Call it now. Call it now. Felina, is Barbie going to be a smash hit or is it going to be a, a bomb stinker? You know what I'm worried? I'm worried that it's getting overhyped because I know that my oh my god my workplace i work at a plus size thrift store all we've been talking about is barbie all we've been doing is putting on outfits for the premiere of barbie everything is barbie so i think it's going to be a little overhyped and i think that that's going to be its downfall but i do think it's going to be a good movie but it can never live up to how much people are excited about it okay round now round rob yeah bob is it going to be a smash is it going to be a bomb I think I think it's just a kind of slow bad year for movies, so I think it's going to be a bomb. Oh. How about, do we know what the budget was on it? By the way, is it like two hundred million, like I'll like these right other now. movies? Because it right if now. it's only a hundred million, it's got a chance. You know, if, if indie was only a mm-hmm. hundred million, it would be doing fine. But they've spent two hundred fifty million on it, so it's not. And and what was the other movie? Oh, the Flash, another two hundred fifty mm-hmm. million dollar movie that. Uh. The Ger- Gerwig and Bombach, they kept it 100 mil. They kept it uh, on the low. It's yeah, going to yeah. do fine, and it's going to do That's better. That, than- that indie spirit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, Greg, you think it's going to do good? You think it's going to be in the shitter? I don't know, man. I'm up in Northern <laughs> California, and nobody knows about Barbie up here. You really? Know? Like, I am in a fucking Barbie-free zone up here. Wow, like, you're lucky. Nobody, <laughs> nobody knows about it, and uh, nobody goes to the movies up here. Bob knows, having seen John Wick on opening night, and felt like it was a private screening. Uh, oh, no, you know, it was just full for- of teenagers <laughs> running around. It oh. was very, it was, Rosie hated it, but I was like, oh, I'm glad teenagers still, like, run around the multiplex going from room <laughs> to room. Oh, it good. was I was fine with that. I was fine to see yeah. that. Yeah, no, where 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 me and Felina are, all the bus stops are painted pink. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, there's like there's like ad campaigns going on like the Barbie Dreamhouse in Malibu. Ryan Gosling is walking around LA as Ken doing like 
shaking people's hands. It yeah. is nuts. It is nuts over here. I'll tell it's you what. It's really, it's really crazy. Yeah. Uh, in San Francisco the other night, there was a rad jazz band. I've shared it with Corey and Greg, mm-hmm. a rad jazz band playing at the Ferry Building, which is downstairs from my office. It was a trio with bass, uh, drums, and sax. Everybody in that band was awesome. And they closed their second set, their last set, with a instrumental version of Prince's 1999. And uh, but then I'm walking back to Bart up the street and there was this uh, black woman. She had a portable speaker, must have been 100 watts, like a 10 or 12 inch speaker. And she was blaring Love to Love You by Donna Summer. And it's all ro- echoing off mm. of the uh, high-rise office buildings there. And I, you, know, you start strutting like you're John Travolta at the beginning of Saturday Night Fever. You feel like you're in the opening credits of an 80s or 70s movie. And I, again, folks, you can buy mushrooms in front of uh, Taqueria Pancho Villa in the Mission. You can buy mushrooms anywhere in the city in front of the ballpark. San Francisco is back, and that's what's going on in San Francisco, folks. That's what's going on there. Totally missed opportunity from changing the name to Bart to Bartby and painting uh, all the trains, literally. painting all the trains pink. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they could have. They can't paint the trains just to paint them. They can't paint them to make them look better. So <laughs> this could have been an opportunity. I know they would be pink for thirty years if we did that. <laughs> Iconic though, slay. <laughs> Slay of Bart. <laughs> I predict, not only do I, I predict Barbie is going to be a successful movie. I also predict I know exactly what it's going to be about because yeah. you can tell from the freaking trailers. It's going to be about like, oh, everyone's in this perfect Instagram life. But no, you have to actually face your fears and face real life. There you go. I just called it. That's the end of the movie. That's the whole movie. <laughs> the it whole- is a multiverse of madness. <laughs> All right. It is a multiverse of madness, folks. Uh, what I'm going to say about Barbie and my thoughts of it for, for a while now is worst case scenario, it is this generation's Robert Altman's Popeye. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, it is. You know, I love, I love Margot Robbie. I love Margot Robbie. I think she's like legit great actor. Yeah. So uh, she could pull it off. She could do anything. She yeah. can make Harley Quinn cool. She could do this. She can make Harley Quinn cool in like <laughs> s- the mm-hmm. worst of those movies. The wor- I know she's the, the, the Jared only Leto good thing. one. <laughs> yes. She makes she's the Jared the Leto one watchable. Turns shit into gold. So I think she could pull it off. I'm, I'm not. I don't. I don't think Gerwig and Bombach can do it, but I know Robbie can. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe Gosling is a bit miscast as Ken. You know, his face has a little too much idiosyncratic. Totally. Too much character. Yeah. You know, like they should have maybe got like a James Marsden or somebody like that. They should have you got know, you to do who, it, Greg. You look like Ken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a little too old for the part. He still looks great. Yeah. He's yeah. got the six pack abs, but he's got the crow's feet. And I'm surprised they I wonder if they tried to go, hey, can we use the the uh the Irishman cameras on you? And <laughs> Uh, but I yeah. mean, he's 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 great. He's a talent. Great actor. He's- they should have cast Henry Cavill. Yeah, as, as Ken. Oh, like wow. that 
is a Ken face. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like a he's like a sociopath in real life, so it would have been really good. Oh my god, perfect. <laughs> he could play wooden. I yeah, you're right about oh, Ryan sure. Gosling being a little too animated. I am Ken, you know, he's like yeah. too good. Mm-hmm. Cavill, you're right, Felina. Cavill will be perfect. Uh are right, you gonna well, see yeah. are you doing a screening as the is your um work going to do a big Barbie screening where you're all going? Honestly, and- probably I I don't want to go. I don't oh. want to go. It's too much. <laughs> we, should, we should all we should all have a host meetup. Go to City Walk. Get drunk at Jimmy. Oh Buffett, my god! And go see Barbie. Oh, yeah, not City Walk. I haven't been there since I was like seventeen. Uh, it's the worst. yeah. Let's go. It's- we'll go to Bubba Gump and and get yeah. loaded. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just do this like a month after or two months after Barbie's out? Okay. And go to Pasadena is if that the discount theater, theater is still the there <laughs> and see it there. God. And we could go to Pi. No, Bob, Burger. you have to see Barbie on IMAX. It's the only way. The sound design. <laughs> yeah. The sound. Right. The eleven mile the eleven mile <laughs> of, of Barbie. <laughs> Yeah, man, the boys are here, the girls are here, and the muscle men are here. Bikini chicks are the bait, and romance the reward. A boy needs a girl he can count on. Now, Dee Dee, I have just one question. Did you kiss him because he's lovable or because he's the only man on the beach? Well, no, don't quit now, Dee Dee. I think you're ahead. Okay, how's this for a closer? You can have your girls and sailor romances now. On a wave as well, I'll take my chance now. Muscle Beach Party, a melange of muscles, hit music, and mirth. Lore, go lore. We go any lower, we'll cut off their heads. I'm not interested in their heads. In 1963, American International Pictures paired Walt Disney's favorite Mouseketeer, Annette Funicello, with teen idol Frankie Avalon in Beach Party, a light musical comedy with lots of bikinis, sand, and rear projection surfing that became the independent studio's highest grossing film to date. With Beach Party smash success, AIP brought back Frankie and Annette in 1964 and pitted them against a gang of oiled up muscle men for control of their beloved beach. Leading the bodybuilders is a fitness guru played by Don Rickles. Yeah, I know, such a paragon of physical perfection there. Plus we've got (laughs) musical performances by Dick Dale and the Deltones and a 13 year old Stevie Wonder. Also featuring aging horror star Peter Lorre in his last film role, this is Muscle Beach Party. Uh, Felina, we recently did the Felina Apocalypse episode, which had movies from your youth. So what was it like watching a movie from your grandparents' generation? Um, It was really weird because um, at first, when they were first going in, you know, I've seen this like trope where people are driving down the PCH and uh, like strumming their guitars in the backseat of open moving vehicles. And (laughs) like, 
or like just uh-huh. hanging off of like moving car. Was it like that? Did people do that? Because no. I am honestly now convinced. I've seen that so much in so many movies that I'm like, was the 60s like this? Like, I don't know. I don't... It, it, it must have been right. Like, it, it, they didn't care about safety and stuff. Yeah, they? they didn't yeah. have any. They threw no. caution to the wind. They were like, oh, this is fun. I bet um, if I bet if you went to I bet if you went to Santa Monica Pier on 1965 and there would be it would look like that. I bet you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, people used to just like, you know, we would go in o- open trucks in trucks like, OK, kids get in the back of the truck and we just all pile in oh, the yeah. truck. This it's is true. 10 years after Muscle Beach Party, but we just no seatbelts, no anything. You would just all pile in there and you'd be wrestling while the parents are driving down El Camino at 40 miles an hour. That is mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. It was I fun. Don't... <laughs> I, I miss it. Yeah. You miss it. I would have had children if I could still just pile them all into the back but, of the truck. But Felina, this movie, I want to stress, I want to stress that this movie is not realistic. No, no. This, <laughs> this, this movie is, is not realistic. This yeah. movie is insane. Well, yeah, because I started watching this movie and I was like, oh, it's this trope again. Like, I always have wondered about this. And then I got more and deeper, deeper into this insanity and um yeah no it's not realistic at all honestly um how did i like this movie i think it was a little bit mid i think that Mm -hmm. this movie um there were some fun parts there were a lot of like good silly parts it was just kind of slow it was harder for me to get into um Mm -hmm. i watched this movie second and i don't think i should have done that i think i should have watched this movie first um it was so because the second movie we'll get into it but it was really really high 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 energy and this movie was also high energy but i thought it was just a little bit less fun and i couldn't help but compare it to the other movie and um Mm -hmm. it kind of put a damper on the experience but But it was fun that I love how often they broke the fourth wall. I thought that was great. I have a question also. Why in every beach movie I've seen so far, which is two, (laughs) um, why is there a woman in fringe shaking her entire body? Because it looks cool on screen. Yeah. You know, it looks cool. And it also controls like, the weather. It controls the weather. There's probably a fashion history reason for oh, that yeah. is that fringe was like a new thing at the time. And, mm. and, and older white people just thought it was the craziest thing they'd ever well, seen. That, you yeah. know, rock, new, this new crazy rock and roll music's real fast. And when mm-hmm. you shake, when you shake, you do the crazy shaking go-go dances to it. It just looks cool to have that stuff go like, you know crazy across the screen and stuff yeah yeah and so it was no uh, it's it's great to look at it's just like i didn't i didn't know that all fringe was was the the vibe back then it was a vibe was a vibe it definitely you, is a vibe. yeah it's funny that you know this movie's 1964 so it's a little ahead of the summer of love in 1967 when everybody starts taking acid and smoking weed but you think these movies are really for like 12 year olds so oh, yeah. this fucking trippy ass shit is what they're making for 12 year olds. And then they wonder a few years <laughs> later why all those people at 18, 17 are taking acid. 
Well, yeah, and being a generation removed from it, I was kind of have my own, you know, thoughts of what beach movies were. But but I really like sunk in that, you know, thinking about Felina watching this, this is like Disney Channel for boomers. This is like Camp Rock. You know, this is like the Victoria Justice, you know, stuff. Frankie and Annette were the Victoria Justice of the 60s. You know, it were the terrible jokes, the super corny antics, the slow pacing. You know, it's like for kids, but it has the pacing of like a a Doris Wishman or a Herschel Gordon Lewis movie. Yeah. You know, it's got that like really slow pace with like, you know, instead of gratuitous gore or smut, it's surfing shots, you know, that just they just linger on forever. Same people. Yeah. It's made by these old <laughs> it's made by these old men. These old men are making movies yeah. for babies, and so they and then they put in like Peter Laurie and shit. You know what I mean? Like kids not gonna know who Peter Laurie is, so it's like that's like a wink for the parents. <laughs> I don't know, right? Yeah, or it's yeah, just because the grandparents even. It's because like yeah, it's it's these AIP dudes making movies for babies, and it just it doesn't translate that great i guess you know what i mean well, well william asher <laughs> the director of this movie he directed a uh-huh. lot of i love lucy episodes and other sitcoms and mm-hmm. so he's a sitcom director and he directed a lot of these beach movies i think he directed the first one beach party and probably all of them but he also directed butcher baker nightmare maker which is like this really one of the most bizarre slasher movies of the 80s oh, and wow. it's it's Ooh. it's uh it's got like incest and all kinds of like all kinds of really weird shit in it, but it's surprisingly pro gay. Cause there's a gay character that the cops keep trying to railroad. And, but it's like everybody who's like a good character. Oh, and it's like, Oh, so the coach was gay. What's the big deal about that? Which is kind of surprising. And yeah. uh, it's featured. It is featured in uh, Millie DeCherico's TCM underground 50 must see films from the world of classic cult and late night cinema. So mm. get this book uh, mm-hmm. friend of the show uh, and her co-author Katoya Murray. And it was on, I, it was on TCM underground and also Joe Bob has shown butcher Baker nightmare maker. So that's, I gotta see that. Yeah. You guys, everybody should, we should, we should do that movie at some point, uh, when we revisit the eighties. So, 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 so hear me out. I think this movie could have been speaking of, I love Lucy. I think this movie would have been greatly improved if it had a canned laugh track throughout the film yeah you know like even if you're sitting in a theater with people supposedly laughing because the timing is the same as i love lucy but without the laughs right so there's these big long pauses after every joke and poor don rickles you know who's kind of playing the paul lind you know part in this movie he pauses for for laughs that never come at least in my house you know they they just they just don't happen and 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 it you know the all the sad long mugs to the camera that Rickles is doing. I bet, I bet you, that Rickles said some very scandalous shit to these muscle men in those scenes, like between takes. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine, like, like you know, he's he's basically playing the Paul Lind, you know, kind of part in this. Um, you know, and I love how he talked about like he would say like the gym with like a twinkle in his eye, like, Oh, I love the gym with, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, all right, cut. All right, Hercules, go get me a sandwich. <laughs> Be- Beach blanket bingo is the one with both Rickles and Paul Lind in it. 
but it doesn't. Uh, it, I didn't want to do two Pluto movies for you guys. Right. And right, also, right. this well, have one you has, have you Bob? Have you seen more of these movies? This is the only one I've ever seen. I've watched. Uh, I watched Beach Blanket Bingo. It was on TCM recently. And, yeah, that's the uh, that's the that's the real famous one. That, that's the one. People well, because of Beach to. Blanket Babylon in San Francisco, that's the one that got parodied for like 40 years after the movie came out with right. uh, Beach Blanket Babylon was this kind of satiric musical play that ran in North Beach until like a few years ago. It finally, yeah. finally, the sun finally set on it. So that far outlasted people saw that thing and had no idea about Frankie and Annette or anything that it was originally parodying. Right. Felena, what did you think of Frankie and Annette? I thought that they should get a divorce or they should break up. <laughs> no chemistry, thought, no chemistry, huh? I think, well, <laughs> the thing is, is that they, they were just fighting so much. And honestly, like oh, yeah. the Contessa yeah. was like, Oh yeah. Hey. All right. So there, there, there's, there's an, Ita- there's an old Italian lady in this movie. Uh, the Contessa, that's who you're referring to, right? Yes. Well, she's not old. I mean, she's like she's 28. She's not old. <laughs> Compared she's, to the, Okay, you're right. No, she's not old. She's rich. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's insanely hot. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's, yeah. she's, I thought she's older than the beach kids, though. Well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, she's she's, yeah. Pretty, she's, she's a MILF without uh, a, a son. She has she, she has Buddy Hackett working for her. Like, these yeah. movies all have these Vegas comics. And, All right, yes, uh, you know. that's the best part of this movie is you get is the cameos. You get Don Rickles, you get a Buddy Hackett, Don Rickles and Buddy Hackett. You get mm. uh, Maury Amsterdam. You get oh Peter. My God. Lurie. You get Peter Lorre. You get yeah. Can- Candy Johnson and uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, and you get little Stevie Wonder and Dick and Dick Dale yeah. and Dick which you can't yeah. complain about that. No, what, what, no. Uh, you, you that get was a, the best part of the movie was seeing baby stevie well you yeah, that is the best part of the movie you get By a bunch far. of a bunch of muscle men you get that was uh, the worst hotter, part of the movie oh, yeah you didn't okay well here's this is what makes this movie different what? i guess is that like i said this is the only one i've ever seen i mm-hmm. i never thought i had to watch these movies because i think i think i just know what they're about except and you were right except this one didn't have a bunch of biker. Du- I wanted to see biker dudes. Okay, yeah. Uh, and this right. this this one had muscle men instead of biker dudes, but also it yeah. had so many muscle men and like it didn't really focus on like the bikini babes. It, this is like a muscle. Yes, movie. that's the thing too. <laughs> is that there is way too much muscle beach party focuses too much on the muscle and not enough beach party. Right. Uh-huh. Thank you. Per- perfect, Felaine. That that is the tagline on the on the, uh, the poster. Yeah, ba- Bob. Next time, please pick one with a bunch of bikini. Babes well, and we'll some do bikers. beach blanket bingo next time. It just yeah. this was picked uh, because it's on Prime and it doesn't yeah. have a bunch of commercials. And yeah, and it's very homoerotic. Yeah, very, cool. the, the homoeroticism. There's a lot of Ken in this one. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll say that. Uh, yeah, this is a very homoerotic. Dude, movie. Flex Martian. Flex Martian. I mean, my God, what a specimen that Flex Martian is. <laughs> I hate to say it, but this is of the two or three of these that I've actually watched, sat down and watched all the way through. This is because I guess I'm latently homosexual. This is my favorite of them. But I, I think the humor lands more in it than the other ones. The other ones, the jokes oh, are man. even more. The other ones are less even funny. Worse. <laughs> yeah, even it, like there's some in Beach Blanket Bingo. There's some bitchy Paul Lind stuff in it. That's that's yeah. okay because it's him, but he's better on Hollywood Squares doing it. 
Well, I'm, I'm sure. super curious. I asked Philanna, Greg, do you think that Frankie and Ed are good leads and they have good chemistry? And Well, the, the thing that's very clear is that both of them together have absolutely no talent. Like, neither <laughs> one of them have any talent whatsoever. Like, they can't sing or act. And and the music in this, like, you kind of think, like, that's going to be the saving grace of it. Other than Stevie Wonder, the music is pretty terrible, especially the Frankie and Annette numbers. Like, that one sad ballad that Annette does on the beach she has so much reverb on her voice that it sounds like she's on a distant planet. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, it's just... Talk about or, or, or <laughs> At least in a gigantic water tank or something. Yeah. Like it's so it's so bizarre. She can't sing a lick. And, and I want those I want those scenes to like have some power or some feeling to them and take you out of the silliness a little bit. They don't. Yeah. They don't. yeah. I mean, <laughs> even Stevie, like, I don't think there's any doubt that that is probably the worst song that Stevie Wonder ever recorded. I'm pretty you know, sure like- I, I just I just read a, a Stevie bio and I'm pretty sure that this is like a turning point for him. Where he's like. I'm not doing this shit anymore. Like I'm going to do it. Of course. I think it was this, I think it (laughs) was this appearance in this movie that like Uh, turned his career. Okay. The three (laughs) movies I've seen of these are, are this beach blanket bingo, which has no Stevie wonder. And I don't think even Dick Dale, it's all just kind of Frankie Mm. and Annette numbers. So that's, that was part of the reason I chose this too, is like, this matches the, uh, this, mm-hmm. our second film more as far as the level of talent of the musical acts. And, right. and, uh, then the other one I've seen is ski party where they all go to like Tahoe or Aspen for a ski weekend. James Brown is in that one. Right? And James Brown shows yeah, up. There's just a part the where oh, wow. they're, they're in the fucking ski chalet in the, in the wow. lodge and James Brown comes in in a Christmas sweater with the hey, flames. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's James Brown, you know, and like Frank, <laughs> Uh-huh. that and all the beach kids are all happy to see james brown yeah uh, like Amazing. that but that's just you know we're doing beaches here when barbie goes skiing we'll do that one <laughs> but yeah in the barbie sequel barbie goes skiing one thing i want to point out is i did really appreciate the artwork in this movie the opening credits mural is painted by michael dorner who is uh basically like the big daddy roth of surf you know, he's the guy who kind of originated that classic surf cartoon design of the hot curl uh, character, which is essentially like a mop of hair with a gigantic schnoz coming out of it. And that's it. You know, like that's the entire character design is just and which you see when you, you know, like whenever I would go down to San Diego to the Comic-Con and hang out at Ocean Beach like the the hodad's burgers and everything kind of rips off that that it's like the big daddy raw thing where it's like a million other artists ripped off that design um and then there's like a little brief angel animation that i could i i, I tried to find um who whoever did that animation it, it clearly wasn't michael dormer i tried to figure out that who whoever did that because it had a very classic look to it but who knows it might have been just some you know, uh, Warner's or Disney animator that freelanced that thing out to Samuel Arkoff could have been. Yeah, I, I was probably hoping did that, it in a weekend. I, I was hoping you at least liked that because I was so stoned when I started this movie. I'm like, what? Looking at those pans over that big oh, cartoon I love that. and that mu- cartoon mural, and I'm like, oh, at least Greg will dig this. <laughs> I do. I do dig that. As boring as this movie is, there's definitely some. LA history stuff, some some art. Sure. You know, it's 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 locally made AIP 
right on the effing mm-hmm. beach right there and people and those are all in a studio that all of those beach shots are rear projected oh like, man like, i thought like, they went to so, these, okay, no right. well, there, yeah. there is no, some no. scenes of them driving around that's cut in kind of b-roll type stuff yeah but anything where you, they're talking is on a soundstage that's like and right. and right. yeah. and it's pretty it's it's it looks better you know than you might think it would um it's not like dire rear projection like a hitchcock movie or anything yeah. um it actually looks okay in some of those shots but you can tell that it was very much directed by how like what sh- angles of the beach they had you know wow. so like we have this angle of the beach so we're all going to do this side and then there's a shot that looks straight out into the ocean and they're all adjusted you know 45 degrees and and you're looking at the back of their head while they're talking (laughs) because that's the angle that they had you know like it's a very um i mean it's pretty ingenious if you like stop to think about it but it's also pretty schlocky you know which i guess i would expect from aip it looks silly yeah, this movie yeah. is not authentic like Rat Finka Boo Boo, which was really filmed on a real <laughs> beach. <you know? laughs> That's my favorite movie. Again, I think out of all of the movies that we've seen, I think Rat Finka Boo Boo. Yes. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. The red shoes in Rat Finka Boo Boo. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing about Annette. Um, to kind of tie it in with Barbie is Annette is uh, like the first like you know Disney kid that makes it really big on her own you know like Ryan Gosling Disney kid he's playing Ken so he's he's got the, that lineage with Annette Annette was the one Mouseketeer who was handpicked by Walt Walt Ew. saw her in a Burbank Ew. talent show when she was 10 or 12 doing ballet number and said, this kid is the kid. And then when she started doing these movies for AIP and Sam Arkoff, I saw Sam Arkoff speak a billion years ago in the nineties at the Roxy. And he was showing a bucket of blood and, and like the conqueror worm with Vincent price and stuff, which finder general is it's British title that it's on, under on video mm. more. But, you know, he said that Walt was kind of mad at him because to Walt, those movies, the Beach Blanket movies were like porn. It was like too sexy for Walt. So uh-huh. how yeah. dare you defile my my find this way in these these movies? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, they do. They do kind of provide the blueprint for iffy kids entertainment going up through the 90s you know especially the nickelodeon stuff with that is produced and written by dan schneider um who is very canceled uh these days uh yeah it's very it's pretty iffy you know because it's made for kids but you worry about who else is watching perverts also on don rickles he's always playing a guy who like in beach blanket bingo, he runs like a skydiving school. And would you get on a plane <laughs> with a parachute and jump out of a plane with a parachute provided to you by Don Rickles? That's the question. No. Yeah. <laughs> He's always running something like that. He's running the yeah. muscle band gym. I bet you he runs the ski concession. Like he runs the fucking ski slopes in ski party, which I haven't seen in 30 years, but yeah, I bet, anybody but, could have done that part. You know, it could have been if it wasn't Rickles, it could have been Paul Lind or it could have been fucking Curly Joe Dorita. You know, I mean, like anybody <laughs> could Mo. have. Mo could have done. Yeah. It. Oh, my God. <laughs> like if they had the three stooges doing it like Buster Keaton. <laughs> Buster Keaton is in Beach Blanket Bingo and he's always like 
like fishing and pulling off women's bikini tops. You know, that's right, the big right, Buster King right. joke. And he's taking hella bumps in it still. Even oh, sure. Like, yeah. And then, but you watch it, you go, why didn't they just let Buster direct this? He's he gave back to the business that made him what he was. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Like like when when Andre job to Hulk Hogan. That that yes, was Buster King exactly. Beach Blanket Bingo. But yeah. Unlike Bret Hart, he gave back. It is the it is the uh combination of like all these different generation things, and that's really just mm-hmm. like parents have to take their kids to see this shit. So we should give them something to care about. So we're gonna give them Vegas comics and we're gonna yes. give them 20s and 30s movie stars you know <laughs> grandparents are taking their their grandkids well to that's see this. affordable too right like peter peter laurie isn't exactly you know on fire in 1965 yeah and he died two days after the release of this movie because at the oh end credits God. if you watch so the he end was, credits they're like was, peter laurie will be back fire. they they were gonna yeah. bring him back as this kind of dark mm. character that's defeating frankie and annette's speech the line. strongest man in the world yeah <laughs> He's all broken. I mean, they, they, he's, he's in a, he's in some AIP, like he's in the comedy, like Vincent Price Poe movies, like the ones right. that are kind of comedic, uh, comedy of terrors. And, and, uh, I forget the other mm-hmm. one, the Raven, which is like a comedy. They made a comedy out of it. And Weird. yeah, so he's not in the serious pit in the pendulum and mask of red death and all that, but yeah, he, they had plans to keep using him and he passed away. So poor Peter Laurie, let's pour one out for, for Peter Laurie star <laughs> of, uh, Casablanca. And the Maltese Falcon and, and everything M? else. Is he an M? Or no? M, he's a child oh, murderer yeah. in M, yeah. and he's creepy and he and great. is interned at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. If you ever want to check oh, him out, oh, nice. You can hit up the uh, Punk Rock Graveyard Tour. Yeah, no, I'm just yeah, you can see <laughs> it on Instagram. It's also on the, in the metaverse, the Punk Rock, uh, the Punk Rock, not yet on threads. Not on threads yet, but he's going to be on threads and um, <laughs> got to do threads. <laughs> Hey, 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 Corey, is is Peter Laurie in a mausoleum or is he in the ground? He's in uh, the mausoleum near Valentino, but he's in a very tiny little humble space, like one of the tiny ones on the bottom near the floor. Oh, is he in in an urn, you think? No, he's in a he's in a I don't know what it is. It's just like, you know, when it's just like a bunch of names on like a plaque on a wall, like in a row. It's I I don't know if he's in there, if his ashes are in there or what. But that I, it must be his ashes. He must be in an urn. Yeah. I always wonder about be. those. Yeah, I, about, never, I, I don't get it. Like, do they build them into the the, yeah. the, the cement? What is happening? Here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And next time I'm in Colma, I'll ask these people and they'll tell me. <laughs> um, yeah. Felina, is there a TikTok report for this or Frankie and Annette TikToks or anything? Would you believe it? TikTok knows nothing about Muscle Beach Party. Oh, TikTok wow. has wants TikTok wants absolutely nothing to do with Muscle Beach Party. <laughs> but there's definitely it's probably another movie as you'd say that's better on TikTok. There's some TikTokable moments here. Probably there's definitely TikTokable moments, but nobody is doing it. I looked up Muscle Beach Party, and you know what I saw? Steroided men, roided up men on the beach. Well, that's that that could have been a Muscle Beach Party. There's definitely that going on. Yeah, but it wasn't from the movie. I went to Muscle Beach recently. People are still out there working out and at Muscle Beach with like muscle men are still there. It's crazy. Oh yeah, clanging and banging. <laughs> yes. It's not. It's not just. It's not just a movie stare like a movie trope. 
You know, every every movie from yeah. six, 60 to 1960 to 1990 that took place in L.A. on a beach had the Muscle Beach scene where it was just like hot people working out. It still looks like that. To, to be fair, when I when I was watching the first half of this movie with my mother and she grew up on 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 Muscle Beach uh, and she said it was nothing like it. what were some of becky's other comments during this movie oh she just kept going on and on about how awful it was you know <laughs> I, I i should have written down some of the some of her better zingers but i i didn't and i was pretty stoned uh you know sitting there on the couch next to my mom watching fucking muscle beach party and she was just so disgusted with it that she left halfway through it it, it, it that that it walked half the room uh that film uh <laughs> definitely i know i know yeah. she left to go watch um true crime up in her bedroom she did she did she wanted to go watch copaganda instead of oh. watching the muscle beach party <laughs> so so greg what were you stoned yeah. on while you were you and your mom were watching muscle beach party i was i had like a pretty heavy duty indica called uh granddaddy purple oh granddaddy. and Ooh. it it uh it definitely put me down you know i i i let the movie wash over me i let uh the world kind of if I felt like I was in like the tree of life where there was a bunch of things happening, you know, kind of around me, but I stayed still, you know, um, there's a time lapse of, uh, of, 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 of everything kind of happening around, but also this, the, it kind of highlighted the slow pace. I don't know if I would necessarily recommend that weed for this film, but it did keep me in my seat. You know, it was probably a little less, uh, a little less antsy than I would have been um, if I had smoked like a, you know, like some kind of rocks on your head uh, sativa. Yeah. Okay, Corey. Well, uh, shoot. I, I agree with Greg that, look, this movie isn't all bad. It is slow, boring, badly acted, mm. bad music, badly shot. <laughs> but you get Maury Amsterdam and you get mm -hmm. Jody McRae as deadhead, baby. So if you want to yes. be stoned like deadhead then i recommend you just go with some pineapple express the pineapple uh, express is a sativa dominant hybrid marijuana strain crossed by mm -hmm. or made by crossing train wreck with hawaiian it rose to fame from the 2008 movie pineapple express but it is a real strain bright citrus notes infused with pineapple and earthy pine helps you with depression pain and fatigue so if you if you're watching this sober, you, you'll, you'll need that. You'll be depressed <laughs> and you'll be in pain. And, but smoke the Pineapple Express and you'll just be numb to all the uh, the boringness. No, but this movie does set up some tropes that are needed to know for the next movie. So I, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I watched it. Okay, Felina. Um, this oh, there's one thing that I totally forgot to mention. Another thing that put a major damper on this movie is that while I was watching this. My absolute favorite pipe broke. Oh, shit. So that was a real bummer, too. I was like, Muscle Beach Party broke my favorite <laughs> pipe. Which pipe was it, Huena? It was the little square one that you gave me, that little. Remember? Oh, no. I know. That's supposed to be unbreakable. It's, I, it was supposed to be unbreakable. It's well, you're really not supposed good. to test it. Well, yeah. I never tried. I didn't try uh -huh. to break it. 
Well, Nets, the square my, one? Oh my god! Much like terrible. Annette's Annette's heart, it was broken, and uh, mm-hmm. you could just mend it somehow. That's what I'm trying to say. I would no, it is shattered. I oh. I I cried so I cried for like uh. three hours. <laughs> oh no, oh, that's so um, I'm I know. sorry, Felina. So um, yeah, that's so that's another reason why you don't want to watch Muscle Beach Party. No, um, <laughs> I smoked London Mint Shake because I'm broke, and that was the weed that I had last week, and that's the weed that I have this week. Would you recommend it? Um, yeah, I think it was fine. It was, it's just a hybrid. I feel like it was good enough that my head, I was like kind of buzzy and like, I was, I was still vibing with all the craziness, but when it got to the slow parts, I was kind of just like, okay, come on, let's go. You know? Yeah. yeah I liked, I think a, a good hybrid would be good for this. Because this movie's so cheesy, I ate Tempo cannabis-infused cheese crackers, the buffalo cheddar flavor. Mm, These so were, I mentioned them in the last episode. These were given to me by a friend of the show, John Lasavio. Um, I know in the past I've talked about the heavenly sweet chili lime crackers. Now, the heavenly sweet chili lime crackers that I ate consumed for our last episode they you will easily get these confused with just regular cheese its and you could eat the whole Delicious. bag and and put yourself in a coma for I two had days. some I but, had some they yeah were, I gave them you were supposed yeah. to take the bag and you got so stoned you left it there up in uh, <laughs> Gurnville. Um, the tempos the tempos you will not confuse for regular cheese its they're a vegan cracker they're these big kind of crusty octagon things um, cardboard the heavenly sweets are yeah it's it's like eating cardboard that with some shake sprinkled on it um, <laughs> yeah. so flavor wise yeah. this isn't something you want to eat for the flavor uh, they no. do what they can to kind of cover up what's going on with it. It, it is it is like eating cardboard. Uh, the Heavenly Sweets, each cracker is one milligram of THC, where each one of these are five milligrams of THC and five milligrams of CBD. And I know we, you know, the body high is kind of a cliche when you're talking about weed these days, where I think people really just want to be taking Percocet or opioids. So they talk a lot about body high. I, I kind of think that that's a little overstated with a lot of weed strains. But this with all that CBD in it, like I ate a cracker and a half and then ate the other half later. Um, you know, as I kind of thought the high might be dipping, I, I definitely had that kind of like, I'm sitting in this couch and I'm melting into the couch feeling while mm-hmm. watching, watching a uh, muscle beach party. And that, that, that again, like you, maybe, maybe instead of wanting a sativa, a giggly sativa, that's going to make you too manic. Maybe you do want to just kind of, you want to yeah. put you in the couch through some of the, so, some of the extemporaneous bullshit of this movie. So, Hey, uh, hey Bob, how long does it take for those to kick in once you eat? them i'm doing a thing now where i don't if i'm about to eat dinner or something like i'm eating dinner in an hour i eat these things on an empty stomach so it's the first thing to process through me Mm. and then it was like maybe maybe about 45 minutes to an hour it's like that's what i do with edibles now i just make i don't eat them if i'm eating other stuff or i eat them i give them lead time on anything else i might be eating (laughs) if i'm gonna eat some tacos or something so so yeah i we watched something else i forget what it was just some tv show 
that we were watching maybe an episode of yellow jackets or something and then you know i'm high enough it's time for muscle beach party uh i did watch both (laughs) movies the same night but i have some weed ideas for for back to the beach laters but i i but i was i was in a giggly high for back to the beach and wasn't at my full peak stonedness yet but that was the right place to be for back to the beach. And then by the time that I see that mural and muscle beach party, I'm like, I'm so fucking high. So that's the right place to be for muscle beach party. So the, again, it's a tempo cannabis infused cheese crackers, Buffalo cheddar from create five milligrams of THC and five milligrams of CBD in every cracker. Maybe not the tastiest, but the stoniest it's pretty stony. It's pretty good. Muscle Beach Party is currently streaming on Amazon Prime without ads and for free with ads on Pluto, which has many of AIP's Beach Party movies available this summer, including our next film. Paramount Pictures is having a party. Fantastic. And everyone's invited. Go get them, Kahuna. And we do mean everyone. We've got to shove off, little buddy. Oh, no, not you, not now. Come on, dudes, let's crank it. Now playing at a selected theater near you. Check your local listings. The original Beach Party movies received little respect from the critics, but this Frankie and Annette comeback from 1987 earned two thumbs way up from Siskel and Ebert, who were two famous TV movie critics at a time when movie critics could be famous. Roger Ebert called this a wicked satire that pokes fun at Frankie and Annette and the whole genre and raved that Avalon and Funicello do a better job of satirizing themselves than anyone else possibly could. In this zany bit of deconstruction, Frankie and Annette, now married, pushing 50 and living in Ohio, returned to Malibu to find it overrun by surf punks. Does the big kahuna still have what it takes to win that inevitable surf competition at the end of the picture? Can Annette win her man back from Connie Stevens one more time? Dick Dale is also <laughs> back and is joined by Stevie Ray Vaughan, plus Annette performs a joyous musical number with Fishbone. We've also got Pee Wee Herman singing Surfin' Bird and cameos from every MeTV sitcom star you could think of, <laughs> including a young Lori Laughlin decades before she was busted for bribing her kids way into college. This is the only feature film directed by Lyndall Hobbs who really deserved better from the industry after she nailed the assignment here. You might not be able to go back home again. But you can go back to the beach. Uh, Corey, I believe this is one of your favorite movies. Uh, Tell us about it. Uh, Man, I went to go see this in the theater when it came out. I don't know, something about probably being in the theater with my dad who loved it and a bunch of other boomers that loved it. Um, And then a bunch of kids that loved it because Pee Wee and everything. It was like a very joyous viewing experience at the Sherman Oaks Galleria in 1986 when it came out um and i revisited it every year since and uh it's still funny it still hits all these notes it's really stood the the test of time for me i think it's and it and it's subversive and weird and and also pop culture loving and and it's all these things that really speak to me i like i said this muscle beach party was the first 
Frankie and Annette movie I've ever sat through. And it's because I feel like I, I've seen them all because I came up in the 80s when all the, the, the kids that they were babies in the 60s started making, you know, parodies surf to mm-hmm. uh, there was so I mean, there was kind of another beach movie renaissance in the 80s. And it was using all the tropes from the 60s movies as like its its foundation. There was this band called the Surf Unks that were were big. Uh, Club Med was a big thing in the 80s. So Beach was back, baby. I don't know. I think this movie just it, it rises above the rest of the Beach movie dreck in the 80s. And I think it's because Lyndall Hobbs, it, 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 her, her direction is amazing. It, like Valley Girl, which is also directed by a woman. Uh, rises above all the other 80s sex teen sex comedy dreck. Mm-hmm. This one is this is kind of the valley girl of 80s beach movies to me. Um, I love Fishbone. They're still my favorite band. Pee Wee, you get Pee Wee Herman. Uh, you get Gilligan. And it is the mm-hmm. same old story. It's that Frankie and Annette are in a fight. He's going to go, you know, canoodle with someone else. They have to sing some songs. Oh, and there's a course. Uh-huh. A, there's a course a beach battle with beach punks. Which I think, you know, it was it was bikers back in the day. Uh, like most great uh-huh. beach movies, it ends with a surf contest. And there's some really cheesy back projection going on here, too. So I don't know. Kind of has oh, everything. Yeah. I, I love this movie. It makes me laugh still. The song at the end is actually very emotional and hits me hard. Written by Michael Sambello of Maniac fame. I think wow. the music, I think the music's good. I think the jokes hit. Especially if you get the references, the references are coming at you a million miles a minute on the, at this movie, you know, to other shows, to other everything. Mm-hmm. But I, I, if you get the references, it is more enjoyable, but I think it's enjoyable. And this might be the only time I've seen Frankie and it be like really good on screen together. Um, again, there's no chemistry between them, but old, older Annette is so charming. Uh, I just can't get And Frankie is very funny in this movie. Um, but I think the funniest character goes to the kid. Oh, my God. He's great. He's so great in this movie. Was he ever in anything else? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I'll, I'll look him up. But um, he he's he's very funny in this movie. Uh, he's great. I'm very interested to hear what other people think of this movie. Uh, Felina, who, you know, who, who gets some of the 80s references, but maybe not some of the 50s references. Like, I don't know. Let's see how it hits with you. I loved this movie. Is this your first so time? Much. Definitely. First time. Okay. Never seen anything. I honestly, I don't think I've ever seen like any beach movie before this. This one is the, this is the, this is so good. <laughs> I loved this movie a lot. Um, honestly, Corey, it felt like uh took your brain and cracked it open like an egg and watched yeah. this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's what it felt like watching this. It was like into your brain. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, no, I love this movie. The first note that I have uh, from watching this was just, God, I love this. You have everything. You have OJ Simpson. You have. Um, oh, yeah. OJ. OJ's in OJ. this Simpson. Yeah. OJ's in this Simpson. That's what I just said. Um, yeah. OJ's in this movie. This is, yeah, this was so good. Was this filmed at Point Doom? Great um, question. Yeah. Where was this filmed? Because I, it looks very familiar. My favorite quote was, look at honey. It's the ocean. Look at it. It's beautiful, isn't it? 
smells kind of funny, don't you think? Yeah, it smells like the ocean. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> so stupid. And just everything made me like this movie gave me a lot of joy. Having to watch this first and then Muscle Beach Party was just like, like, yes, yes. Oh my God, Jamaica Ska. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which Annette, that, that's Annette, Annette released that song in the, when, in the early 60s. She is the, officially the, the first person to bring Ska to America for real. Wow. No way. Yeah, that's wow. why Fishbone liked her so much. Yeah. <laughs> Where would they be without Annette? That's so good. I just, this movie is a delight. It is fun to watch. It is like, honestly, the perfect stoner movie. If you are having like a, a fun stony party, like this is the, you watch this movie, not lit. You have to watch it with the audio. Like you put on this movie, you have a watch party. This is a good movie. Yeah, and you know it's 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 rarely it's rarely streaming, so we're we're lucky it's on Pluto right now, and it has never been really released on DVD. I think it was it had a VHS release, so it's kind wow. of it was it was kind of like a, a hidden movie. I'm surprised yeah. it's not more cult fav- stonery favorite. I mean, it it really hits all the notes. But right. Lindell Hobbs has announced that they are putting out a deluxe edition of it finally, uh, pretty soon. Oh, nice. So it was one of these companies, Vinegar Syndrome. For- uh-huh. Someone is someone is putting it out. I wish I had the info. I'm sorry, I don't. Um, so this is exciting. Back to the Beach is coming out finally, a definitive version, and it was filmed all in Malibu, pretty much. Uh, all in Malibu, okay. Paradise Cove, uh, Surfrider, the pier, yeah. Nice. Like Corey, I I saw this movie with my mom, and her motivation for seeing it, she was she was too old for the original beach party movies. She was already like right. almost 30. She was taking like my young, my older sister, who's about 11 years older to, than me to see it when my sister was a little kid uh, to see the original movies. So right. my mom's motivation is just to see what Frankie Avalon looks like now. Cause there's nobody has Instagram. <laughs> nobody has Facebook. Nobody has TikTok. So like everybody knew what Annette looked like. Cause she was always doing those Skippy peanut butter ads that are liberally liberally parodied in this movie like that's why she's always got the peanut butter and stuff she's that obsessed was, yeah she's obsessed with yeah, because I, she, I know i know annette as the skippy lady that's yeah. what she was on her yeah sugar my kids eat too much sugar i'm in the same boat well if less sugar is what you want just switch from your peanut butter to nutritious skippy oh and that there's no difference in peanut butters sure is no peanut butter is better for kids than nutritious skippy and of all the leading national brands only creamy skippy has Half the added sugars. Half the added sugars? That's great. So my mom just wanted, I want to see what they look like. I want to see what these people look like. What does Connie Stevens look like now? And that's, she would go see Hot. any kind of revival stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, and they're younger than I am now. I looked up like, I, I looked up how old Frankie Avalon was when this movie came out. And he's, he was 47. He looks like he's like maybe wow. fifty five or you know, a little wow. bit older. Wow, that's really crazy. Well, he's got that Shatner <laughs> Burt Reynolds rug going. Yeah. That, it's that, the helmet head. Helmet that curly. Uh, head. But they yeah. make fun of it. He takes jokes yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's hilarious. They're self deprecating. <laughs> They're totally self deprecating. 
There's a lot. I was kind of surprised at how much of Joe Pesci and Goodfellas there is in Frankie Avalon's <laughs> performance in this movie. He's like always backhanding yeah. his kid or threatening to, and it's yeah, funny. Right. Like, okay, maybe child abuse isn't funny to you, but no, in this it was, movie, <laughs> it's fucking funny. It was why I was like, wow, this dad is just so. He like shoots abusive. his kid in the foot. He also ra- uses his kid as a ram to break down the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems yeah. great oh god yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good not only like watching this movie again like i hadn't seen it since 1987 at the ua6 mm. in redwood city with my mom so she could see what frankie avalon looks like now i hadn't seen it since then i was i was surprised at how much cobra kai gets this movie cobra kai if you watch that show at all mm-hmm. i mean because they have ralph macchio mm-hmm. selling cars right. and he's like this tv yeah car right. guy and frank that's what frankie avalon is doing mm-hmm. But also, Mm -hmm. you know, Scorsese, I think, gets a little bit from this movie in Goodfellas with all the first person narration. Uh, You know, I don't know. I think there's like it's stuff that you don't really you did. Movies weren't really narration heavy or as narration heavy as they are now until after Goodfellas. Now, everything has first person narration or Mm -hmm. so much stuff does on TV. But before that, not so much. And this movie is about three years before Goodfellas and the kids Mm -hmm. narrating it. And that stuff's good. It sticks. Bronx Tale. Totally. But Beach Party. Uh, It's it's interesting how good everyone is in the movie. I don't know. I guess it must have been like a joy. Everyone gets it, especially Connie Stevens, who... Plays it pretty, I don't know, it's it's interesting world they build where it's just like, it's supposed to be these normal people and all this crazy shit's happening around them. And I think that's the right way to play a, a beach movie. Surf oh, yeah. 2 Surf is kind of the same way. And uh, the crazier stuff, the better. Another thing is the, the set decoration and the wardrobe in this movie is really next level. The punks, they dress like real punks. Uh, right. and, except there's the, there's the one punk who's like <laughs> well, like looks like a construction worker and has a mustache. Yeah, like the big yeah. guy. That guy's so funny. But like they're wearing uh-huh. cramps jackets. You know they have they have really cool studs. And um, yeah, the set direction has like a Pee Wee's Playhouse esque thing going on mm. to it too. That is very sure. Uh, everyone everyone did a good job on the set of <laughs> this movie, and and it pays off. There's a. Um... There's a Dan Klaus comic from the early 90s where it talks about it makes predictions of the future. And one of the predictions it makes, and again, this is like 91 or 92, is that there will be nostalgia for the nostalgia of other eras. And it shows two 50s looking guys, but one looks like the Fonz. And he says, I'm into the 70s, 50s. And then there's a there's a stray cats guy who says, bah, I'm into the 80s, 50s. And I think that that watching this, I felt like I had nostalgia for the nostalgia of the nostalgia of another era because it's so layered in terms of the the design of everything. And it's very much like that Reagan era ironic celebration of the 50s that you get from blue velvet or that you get from peewee's playhouse or that you get from a million things from back then that kind of ironic celebration of boomer era childhood stuff which is which is you know it's really really well done i i had a, a total blast watching it i thought it was fantastic 
really funny. Better than I expected. I remember seeing the Siskel and Ebert at the movies review of this film, and I've never seen this film until last night. But they loved it, and and to my small child brain, it made me suspect. You know, like they should not be liking this. You know, like this is something's wrong. You know, with they thought this was a good movie, so I just kind of always looked side eyed this movie a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, like throughout my life, but oh my god, it's really, really good, really, really funny. As you said, the art direction is fantastic. It's it's self deprecating. Connie Stevens is gorgeous. Uh, I thought she was just totally great in 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 this movie loved everything about it it's an unashamed nostalgia fest and you know i guess i just really kind of do love that that melding of the the 80s and the 50s you know like there's something about that sort of colonialization of those two periods where you know we talked a little bit about the soundtrack but there's a version of Wipeout that is produced by Herbie Hancock in this film <laughs> that 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 features the pinch harmonic guitar shred of Dweezil Zappa and the drumming of Terry Bazio. Whoa, which crazy, <laughs> which is so fucking and, and it's like I noticed that, you know, I mean, and I was stoned out of my mind watching the credits roll <laughs> and I saw that in the list of songs I immediately went to YouTube and found that. Big recommend. Go find that version of Wipeout produced by Herbie Thank Hancock. Thank you. I never even noticed. Holy fuck. Is it great? Dick Dale looks insane, by the way. Like, uh, he's, he's what aged is that hair? the least. What is that hair? He it's the Steve the Stevens, Dick Dale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The least graceful aging of any of Biddy in this film um, is, is for sure Dick Dale. He um and God Stevie Ray Vaughan showing up and and and, and, and you know teaming uh, up with Dick Dale they're they're teaming they're, up with Dick Dale they could have done ten, for for maybe me and Greg and Corey maybe not so much Felina they could have done ten minutes twelve minutes of that just nothing else oh, yeah. happening <laughs> yeah. yeah well the soundtrack album it's got the whole thing something to have to just as a reference is leave it to Beaver Gilligan's Island and these these <laughs> yeah. beach movies were right. on TV still when this came out. So, like, I was watching Leave It to Beaver and Gilligan's Island, so I knew who the, these people were when I saw this movie in the theater, you know what? Sure. So, like, all this stuff was still very prevalent in pop, in our mind, in pop culture and, and on TV still. So, I, I knew the references when I was six years old. Felina, did you, did you catch that? Like, I know you must have caught Gilligan and the Skipper. Definitely. But did you catch the... The old weird Beaver Mathers. Uh, (laughs) He looks so weird old. Yeah, Barbara. (laughs) You get Barbara Brillingsley. He's playing Ebert. They're him and Tony Dow are doing uh, a a Roger Ebert like they're raiding. Maybe that's why they like. Which ones were they again? (laughs) They were. They were. They're the judges judges of the surf contest. Oh, I did not get that at all. I was just like, "Who's this asshole?" And then there's some deep. There's there's some deeper cut cameos like Ed Kooky Burns. I think is in it right at one point. Rodney Bingenheimer. Oh, Rodney Bingheimer's the DJ. That's right. Yeah, there's yeah. there's great. And there's there must be some more that like I don't I didn't even catch, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, there's a there is a dark side to the performance that Annette does with um, Fishbone. It's so great to see it. But there is. She had a lot of trouble filming that. Like she kept kind of falling down, and it was when she oh. realized because of that she realized she had MS. You know, she oh, was like, "Why man. am I?" That's terrible. Yeah, it's it's so watching it. You know, I I watched the biography. You know, that's on YouTube of Annette to prep uh-huh. for this and it's but i mean she gets through it you know, when you watch it without thinking about that it's it's just this very joyous scene and i loved seeing fishbone in it and they're loving it i also loved the um peewee does surfing bird and like these very <laughs> large black bodybuilder guys carry peewee you know <laughs> oh, on a surfboard in. but one of those bodybuilder guys is like is like lip syncing the low baritone vocal, you know, like, you know, he's doing the everybody right. or oh, about so the funny. I never noticed that either. Yeah, I, I guess I was in the Ooh, right bow, place bow. of stone to notice it. That was the most hilarious and thing to that me. That Pee scene is so shoehorned in just to like get some asses in seats. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like he flies That's away okay. at the end, like Poochie in The Simpsons. Like, I must go away to my home planet now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> it's what it's what uh, Muscle Beach Party is missing. Like Lyndall Hobbs yeah. and everybody knew. Like, well, we could we can't just have Frankie and Annette arguing for five minutes when we could have Pee Wee. Oh, Pee Wee's like the little Stevie or the James Brown. Okay, yes, I get totally. it. Okay, I get totally. it. Totally. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just shows up. But hey, we've done two '80s movies in the history of old movies for young stoners. And they both have yeah. peewee in them, so so maybe that should be the rule of the eighties. Because Paul you, Rubens, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good rule. Gen X and older millennials, like I've always tried to keep the eighties out of the show because it can uh-huh. oh, the eighties can overtake everything. I I think my generation is worse about eighties nostalgia than boomers are for fifties nostalgia. I swear to wow. God, like wow. we're just fucking terrible and we won't fucking let go of it. It's and, true. It's true. Uh-huh. I want to um I want to shout out a couple other great performances in this movie and that you wouldn't expect that usually would be phoned in in another movie is uh uh Lori Loughlin's boyfriend Michael who is played by Thomas Hinckley oh, yeah. who's yeah. he's, he's very funny but the funny one of the funniest guys is there's just like this scummy guy like this scummy rich guy who hangs out on the beach and tries to get laid and he's very funny in the movie God I love that guy <laughs> I Are we talking about Don Adams? No, not Don Adams. He's just, he's the guy that like is trying to date uh, Annette and he like yeah. has, oh, he has that a, guy, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> yeah. he is so good. He's in the Speedo and he like has a whole setup on the beach with like the a banana bar. hammock yeah. and he's kind of shoving it in Annette's face. That man is gay. Uh, I know, but, but you know, Annette, Annette with a little bit of work could have been a gay icon of, you know, I think if she made a couple post beach party career choices, if she was in some yeah. John Waters movies or something. If you know what? Waters Absolutely. Oh she, she's a step away from yeah being like charo or something she could have she could have done sure it. yeah it's it's this is this it's the frankie and annette franchise is a franchise of missed opportunities but this is one they didn't miss so i'm so thankful yeah for they it. did but not you, miss at all <laughs> you saw it's the fair. house in benedict canyon that skippy peanut butter bought annette you'd understand why she made the choices she made yeah but. she didn't she need to hang out with elvira she was fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's time once again for the TikTok report with Felina Franklin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, TikTok definitely knows about Back to the Beach. TikTok loves Back to the Beach. 
There are multiple videos with thousands of views, hundreds of thousands of views of Back to the Beach. Clips of Back to the Beach, um, specifically uh, Jamaica Ska has wow. a mm-hmm. has 176.4 thousand views and 300 comments and 5,000 likes. We've got some good comments on there, and that would be... Oh, my God. Why do I still know all the words to this, says MST3 Katie. Uh, same. <laughs> because, they're, because the only words are Jamaica ska. Ska, ska, ska. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Darcy, Darcy Willis says, same. I have not seen this in at least 30 years, and I knew every word. Pan Piper said, there aren't that many words. And if somebody, <laughs> and if somebody can't do the twist, then something is wrong with them. oh and then jerome razo said she started having trouble walking while filming this movie and was later diagnosed with a serious illness and i was going to ask you about that but i yeah she had ms yes uh, and i apparently i think it was during the jamaica ska scene i guess crazy somebody said rob says holy shark this movie (laughs) <laughs> holy shart what, holy they, sh- shart. they shit their pants <laughs> <laughs> holy shart M. Williams says I'm embarrassed for everyone in this scene oh so, boo. boo bullshit <laughs> four likes <laughs> okay no no comments ain't that probably, the chick they like their own comment so one of them is probably theirs. one of those yeah <laughs> yeah uh, says ain't that the chick who bribed her kid into a Ivy League University. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> it was USC, but you know. Yes. Not it's- Ivy League, but okay. <laughs> Christina says, I always want peanut butter sandwiches sandwiches after this movie. Hashtag it's never a three hour tour. I was so confused for a sec. <laughs> oh yeah. Um the Gilligan, yes. the Gilligan reference there. The Gilligan mm-hmm. reference, of course. Um there's this one, there's a guy talking about, um, do you remember this movie? And he has it on tape. So I guess, I guess, uh, Corey, you could find it. Oh, so yeah, there's a VHS. Yeah. There is a VHS. Um, this is, shows a tremendous love of this movie because this movie, as Corey mm-hmm. said, isn't available. I, I've been staking it out for a while, know, uh, knowing that Corey liked it and that I thought it would be cool to revisit and it just showed up on Pluto because they put all the beach party movies for the summer, which is cool. I don't know if they even have a whole channel or what, but these people really had to had to go out of their way to get this into TikTok. I'm really pleasantly surprised that this is. Oh yeah, TikTok. no, there's definitely there's and there's so many more videos too. There's this one. Sometimes you just need a cheesy '80s movie with another clip. User two three one says. I thought you were going to say sometimes you just need to use your son as a battering ram. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you do. (laughs) User 231 says you're off a little on your timeline. That movie's from the 60s, not the 80s. What? Beth says not even close. Check Google back to the beach came out in 87. I stand corrected. I never knew Annette Fonicello and Frankie Avalon were still doing movies then. I know my cheesy 80s movies, period. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. 
We love yeah. fights in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then she adds, also, a 60s movie wouldn't include a ska song. Ooh. It wasn't cool enough to have like a dub, cool you know, like an old an old Jamaican dub song in there. That would have been awesome, actually. Jamaica ska. Stevie Wonder, uh, Stevie Wonder was in, well, James Brown, you know, were as cool yeah. as those movies got. They they got as close as they dared get. No, I think they had some, some of them had like the the strawberry alarm clock and some rock and roll bands in them, too. Yeah, like there the might Wii be some Calypso going on. I think the, on se- the seeds are in one of them. You know, mm, wow. fans, fans like that, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, watch out for the uh, if you are going out this summer, I just want you guys to watch out for the humonga cowabunga from Down Under. It is very dangerous, so be careful oh, out there. God. You will, you will go into a coma. <laughs> Corey, what what weed do you recommend for getting back to the beach? Any type of weed would work for this movie. Weed, weed would work. But I, what did I smoke? I have it right here in my hand, and I'm very excited to talk about... Okay, so I always say this every week I say this. I love to vape hash oil, but I don't like to get the like one of those batteries where you have to keep replacing the pod and stuff, because mm-hmm. I always lose right. it. So I buy these disposables. Probably not great for the environment, but I've been buying these, these disposables by the High 90s company. And I was smoking High 90s Tropical Punch 1 gram disposable vape. Perfect. A blend of sweet tropical fruit flavors, one gram of rechargeable disposable vapes, perfect match for those who are on the go. This thing gets me high, 90% THC, uh, and it has the, it had like the, the tropical flavors went perfectly with the sunny vibe of Back to the Beach. I highly recommend the high 90s disposable vapes. They are very good. Okay, Felina. Uh, it's the shake again, right? Yeah, same thing, so just get me. <laughs> okay. Um, Greg. I was um, using my uh, my Pax Era, one of those uh, uh, pods with the battery that Corey's always losing. But uh, I I do my best not to lose it. Uh, try to keep track of it, and I was enjoying some lemon cake, which I believe is a sativa dominant hybrid, which I found just perfect for this movie. It. Uh, Made me laugh my ass off, but honestly, you can enjoy this movie with weed, without weed. You don't. This 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 movie will get you high just on its own. True. I double featured this with Muscle Beach Party, as I said earlier, and I ate the yeah. Tempo cannabis infused cheese crackers, buffalo cheddar flavor from Create, and I laughed my ass off through this thing. This was this was great. If I was to like actually hand pick a weed for this movie, I'd say go with a sativa. Blue Dream will get you there. Blue Dream would totally go good with this movie. And there is a list on Leafly of America's searing hot cannabis strains of the summer 2023. And one of those, I haven't tried it yet, but is Strawberry Cough, which is... I love Strawberry Cough. Oh, you've, you've, I, I don't have it yet. I'm definitely going to get it for, if not the next episode, of, you know, in a future episode of this show. So what do you think of it? I think it's delightful. I feel like it, it, it gets me buzzy. It makes me feel good. It's a hybrid, right? Yes. Yeah, so according to Leafly, Strawberry Cough is a potent sativa marijuana strain with mysterious origins. It is a sativa dominant hybrid, I believe. Yeah, it gets me buzzy. It always makes me feel like I'm... Not invincible, but I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm vibing. I'm, all, I'm just vibing the whole time. I'm grooving. I'm moving. 
and um, I'm strawberry coughing. Yeah, it's it supposedly will make you cough, which usually isn't a good thing, but it it's it's everybody's saying how great it is. It's one of Leafly's top strains of the summer, and I do want to try it. And I I would have liked to have tried it with this. It just didn't work out this time. My two local dispensaries didn't have it, and I wasn't wasn't going to journey too much farther than that. But I will get it for the future. And Felina highly recommends strawberry cough. How do you think it would go with back to the beach? I think it would be great. I would I think that would be better than what I had. Just I f- I feel like it just makes me feel lighter, and I feel like this this movie is the lightest ever. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, I think it would be. I think you would just have a a really good time. Yeah. Also, I heard that when you cough more, it gets you higher. You don't cough, you don't get off. That's what they told me in 1987. You know, when I was <laughs> saw Back to the Beach the first time. Okay, Back to the Beach is now streaming on Pluto along with several other Frankie and Annette beach party classics. Okay, so, you know, Barbie's hitting theaters on July 21st. So do you people now with these beach party movies, do you feel prepared for Barbie? I'm going to go to the beach a lot more. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to go put on a full fringe outfit and shake on the beach. <laughs> I, I can only hope that somebody with a fringe outfit is in the Barbie movie, changing the weather, <laughs> altering the path of hurricanes. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ready for Barbie, but I probably will be when it streams on Max. It's it's not HBO. It's just Max. Just Max. <laughs> just Max. Oh. HBO is my favorite Max hub. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next time, filmmaker, pop culture writer, and current Ms. Noir City, Audra Wolfman will join us for Seijin Suzuki's psychedelic Yakuza masterpiece, Tokyo Drifter, and Roger Corman's dark beatnik satire, A Bucket of Blood. You won't want to miss it, so please subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and you can stick that in your pan and vape it all right here on Old Movies for Young Stoners!